Good evening, and welcome to Red Barn Radio. Wherever in the world you're listening, welcome to Roots Music Southern Style. Take all the time that you need. We'll be here to be in the start all again tomorrow. The days rewind and recede. And there's more to be had, but somehow you didn't know that. You pace around the room and circle the room again. You found nothing new, so you promised to never waste time to see yourself. Time. To be so still, time will never tell you to take a long way. Take all the time that you need, there's a price for the first to be in. Take all the time that you need, keep your count on the clock to be ten. Take all the time that you need. To WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the financial support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's premier cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. 
LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Hello. Good to have you with us on Red Barn Radio. I'm Brad Becker. This is season 19 of Red Barn Radio, and tonight we welcome you to show number 728. This evening we bring to the Red Barn stage Letters of Acceptance. Letters of Acceptance is a group based in Lexington and Louisville, Kentucky. It began years ago as a series of unfinished recordings and occasional collaborations between Clinton Harlan Newman and John Harlan Norris. Upon both returning to their native Kentucky, Louisville and Nicholasville respectively, after several years away, the project picked up where it left off. And now, having added Tim Welch on drums and Scott Widden on bass, LOA, Letters of Acceptance, has released three EPs and various singles, and they've played throughout the region for the past three years. Please welcome Letters of Acceptance to Red Barn Radio. This evening, we are with a quartet of seasoned players who call themselves Letters of Acceptance. Theirs is a story of 
historied friendships deep enough to persist over long distances and other sometimes circuitous career paths. Their story is also about serendipity and the kinds of collaborations that occur organically in a healthy music community. We're going to learn more about these guys, and I know you're going to dig what they bring to the Red Barn stage this evening. Please welcome back Letters of Acceptance to Red Barn Radio.
Well, welcome one and all to Red Barn Radio. Our guest this evening is Letters of Acceptance. They are uh, Clinton Harlan Newman, who is over here playing the lead guitar. John Harlan Norris is there playing that rhythm. Uh, you heard a lot of that nice jangly 12-string rhythm guitar he's playing. Tim Welsh is back on drums and Scott Whidden on bass. Great to have you guys with us. Clint, you and John are the, the founders of this operation. The first thing that pops to mind with this kind of music is learning to play guitar. When that happened for me, it was about like 15 or something. What was it that you were listening to at that time that made you say, hey, I want to do that? My dad had some friends, and my dad too, who were real into blues. I was kind of gravitating a little bit towards that. I'd listened to all kinds of music all my life, and then I just kind of got into that. And then uh, a family friend who was about five years older than me, he had picked up guitar. And he had started out playing like Eddie Van Halen. He was very good, and I was very impressed. But he got into playing blues, which is kind of like the basis of a lot of rock and roll and everything else. So... I was just like, oh, you can kind of learn this and apply it in many ways, and I just sort of fell into that, taking guitar lessons, and I said the first thing I, I told uh, the instructor was I wanted to just teach me to play the blues, a blues, or whatever you want to call it, and so that kind of started me off. That and, and discovering, like, classic rock radio. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> yeah. kind of the thing that a guitar teacher likes to hear. Shout out, that's uh, Bill Quinn, who was my uh, instructor from uh, Foot Pole and oh. Lex- Lexington oh, yeah. Dude about town for a long time. Every moment you wait is an afternoon descending till dawn. Every signature wave is a secondary ending. Result Nothing that you do or say Is recorded for a future problem They need to solve Everybody was great Till they saw you reappear Then resolve Something to unpause the pulse that has left 
I grew up around a lot of folk music. My family was into uh, that kind of music. And I, when I was real young, I went to a lot of folk festivals just because my f parents made me go. But that was a lot of the music that it was around me. Like I had a lot of acoustic guitars around and dulcimers and stuff around my house early on. Uh. I think I kind of reacted against that because everyone around me was playing that kind of music. So I was just into you know, whatever I could find on the radio, and I wanted to play an electric guitar instead of an acoustic guitar because that was just a natural, you know, 13-year-old reaction to But you wanted to me. play an electric guitar like a folk rock I think, player. I think later, I think I unwillingly internalized all of those folk influences. I think that's what happened. And went to the 12-string uh, yeah. electric, yeah. That was something I got later. For a long time, I was really into keyboards and synthesizers, then when I kind of got sick of that, I think I wanted, like, a guitar that could also have some of that crazy expansive sound. So I thought a 12-string was, like, the closest guitar to a synthesizer I could think of. Back in your days as a young person listening to a lot of folk music around the house, did you actually start on an acoustic and get pretty good playing acoustic guitar or no i started on electric there was a, a cheap electric laying around and I, I got into that and then i eventually got a slightly better one and then when i was a teenager i managed to in nicholasville get a job at the only guitar store in town Ooh. so then i i upgraded at that point my first job was at kmart but that didn't last very long <laughs> once once the guitar store job came up i went for that I just listened to a lot of classic rock when I was young. I think I, I lived just far enough away from Lexington to where I couldn't pick up WRFL. Oh. So, like, my friends that lived a little closer would tell me about all these cool bands they were listening to. This was, you know, in early Internet times, so mm. we didn't have it at home. I was limited by what was on the radio, pretty much, and MTV. Thinking about doing music as a serious avocation? I really wanted to write songs but I could not figure out how to write songs and so I would have many sort of half-finished songs laying around. Eventually just through force of will or stubbornness I started to really towards the end of my time in college started to be able to kind of piece some songs together. It was a slow process. A lot of discarded junk along the way. Last couple of years of high school and how you decided to go to Danville. It's not that far from where you live. Is that a big part of it that you wanted to stay fairly close to home or was there something going on at Danville that really worked for your interests? Well my dad had an office job there so I was able to get a good deal to go there. It was pretty much the long and short of the decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you do at Danville? 
Well, I was actually an art major. I actually got really into painting. That's actually been sort of my career, I guess you could say, is uh, I am a painter and I teach painting and drawing. And I think actually kind of somehow learning how to make paintings somehow cracked the code on figuring out how to write songs for me. And I think I realized that it's a process and you have to be a little bit more detached from it and understand more formal things like structure and how words rhyme and rather than I think I had early on this romantic idea that I had to capture a mood that was happening at this particular moment in time and either it happened or it didn't but I think through making paintings I realized I can develop this more slowly and think about it more like a craft Um, and I didn't really start writing my first songs that I kept until after that point. How about you? So you ended up at Center College. I didn't want to go to a large school. I got accepted. It seemed like a good school. Everybody was happy about me getting in, so I said, oh, I guess I'll go there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was close to home. I wasn't looking at that point yet to like venture that far away. I think I was probably a little... I grew up on a farm you know, in uh-huh. South Woodford County, Kentucky, and so being around a ton of people at like a UK or something like that was not, didn't appeal to me at that time. What did nice, you study there? I studied theater and uh, also uh, sociology. It was a double major there. I was on course to become like a, an actor for a long time, and I did that. I was on that course, and I was always playing music on the side. Went to school for all that, uh, for acting, and got my master's later on, and uh, lived in New York City 
for a good while, but then the music, I got involved in music in New York City, and that sort of took over the acting. It was more fun, and I was just, I just was tired of trying to make it as an actor, because the music thing was happening more easily, and <laughs> it was uh-huh. a lot more fun, so that's how I ended up being in bands and learning how to do this. Yeah, and you two met how? We weren't actually quite at Center at the same time, but we had mutual music friends. And Center was a very small place, so the number of people that were actually into the same kind of music we were into, yeah. you could probably count on one or two hands. Which was what? It's 90s indie rock, which is what we were into at the time pretty much. It's, you know, back to 80s and 70s, stuff like Bowie and T-Rex and um, as well as the replacements, of course, stuff like that. We had some mutual friends, and then, yeah. uh, if I recall correctly, after Center, you were in a band called The Hundred for a while with yeah, some of my friends. We had friends in common, and that's how we ended up meeting, and we'd play in the basement, you know, at our friend's house in Louisville, and just sort of figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You went to New York at, at what point, Clint? So I went to Center College, and then I went and lived in Cincinnati for a year, working in a theater there, and then I moved to Louisville for a couple of years. But we were soon to depart and go to be very far away for a while. Yeah. I moved to New York briefly, early 2000s. I was going to grad school, like, in, you know, 99 to 2001, and then we sort of moved into Brooklyn about the same time. Yeah. Hmm. I hated living in New York, and I realized that immediately. Yeah, how so? I just needed more space and more quiet and more, like, nature around me somehow. I just, I knew fairly shortly after I got there that it was like, I'm going to be here for a fairly short amount of time and then I'll go do something else. I mean, I love going there now for short bursts of time, but Uh it just didn't suit my headspace to be there. Yeah. 
more Red Barn Radio after this break. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Red Barn Radio, recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. My own people wouldn't dare to fall through my fingers. They just fall through my fingers. John and Clint, could you introduce the other players in the band? Scott Whidden over on the bass. That's right. Scott Whidden right over here on the bass. And we have Tim Welch back here on the drums. Secret weapon. Oh, all right. We would have no band, like, if it were not, well, A for Scott, uh, because he helped us find Tim. And uh, Scott is good at booking shows, and, and, and we're not as much. So thank. Uh, Scott's a big part of this band. <laughs> in addition to being an amazing drummer, he looks way cooler than the rest of us. So he keeps us sort of like slightly legit in that regard. I think I'd have to agree. You all look cool, but uh, <laughs> Tim is, I would say, the coolest. No question about it. Got them Jim Keltner vibes. That's right. That's right. living forms into alternating dots I keep my hand beneath the desk it turns angry beasts into geriatric pests what's my flavor when it's time to make a move I'll be braver when there's nothing left to prove. I 
Hey, Tim, you have a microphone back there. The drummers don't always have a microphone. If you don't play music full-time, I know you could, considering how many different musicians in town call on you for your services. I've been doing it for a long time, you know, 30-plus years. Uh, I have several projects going. Uh, It seems like after a long time off, they all (laughs) decided to have a gig this week. It's crazy. You know, the last thing I thought I would be doing is joining another band. I already had two or three at that point. I had a a reggae band going at the time that I loved, but sadly our our, uh, our main guy later passed away. But about that time, I found out that John, he just lives five houses away from me. Scott gave me some of their music, and I thought, yeah, this is, I could could really get behind this. And uh, I guess playing almost three years now. I really like it. Actually recorded an album that is the band, you know. They already had an album's worth of material when I joined, and I had to learn that, but that was a pleasure. And, but now uh, we've, we've actually contributed some to the, the newer songs, which we've mixed in tonight. I'll be the first encounter twice Come forth the blessing to blind you From all the fortunes floating by Call my strange advice Back from before they defined you Beware the voices lost in light Colors cloud my reaction The signal surface casually Orchestrated distraction Define what 
Tyson remind you of all the plot holes in your guide. Then all the candidates combine each piece in place to design you all the arrangements left aside. Fall in line with your actions, forget which version you'd rather be. Breathe in blinking attractions before you sort out someone to please. I'll be an extra at your door Version you'd rather be Inside the movie you ignore Sort out someone to please Forgive me if I act strangely Forgive me if I speak plainly Forgive me if I slip my feet Forgive me if I You mentioned you have twins. Yeah. I mean, I, my twins, my girls are um, three and a half. When they came along, uh, we basically went into lockdown. But it was just, it required a whole lot of time. My wife had work that was worth doing. She continued to work, and I stayed home a lot with mm. girls. Uh, so I got, you know, a lot of good dad time in, which is great. It's been difficult. It's been stressful with kids in the pandemic, just like it has been for everybody. You know, I'm glad we have two, honestly, <laughs> because they can, you know, play with each other and Indeed. sort of socialize. Whereas if we just had one kid, I feel like it, I can imagine like, you know, my wife and I and one kid getting kind of intense. <laughs> so I don't know, having twins kind of lets the pressure off a little bit in a weird way. I think for me, when I was younger, I tried to write dark songs because I thought they were cool. And now I try to write happy songs just to make myself feel better, but they're way darker than the dark songs I tried to write when I was younger. You do? <laughs> Good job. I think so. At least in my mind. It's like you're trying to make stuff as positive as possible uh-huh. <laughs> because everything else is so dread-inspiring uh-huh. <laughs> right now. <laughs> if the, the name of the next song coming up after this is, would be Zip Up Your Pants, I wouldn't have to ask what it's about. <laughs> Since it's Zip Up Your Pockets, I, I do have to ask what it's about. I wrote the words to that one 
I just play around with words and just like see what words pop in my head and what sort of things they evoke. I don't typically start a song out thinking about a concept or a theme. And with that one, that phrase just popped in my head and I didn't know what it meant. And then I thought, well, some like big heavy duty coats in the winter, like they have a zipper on the pocket. So that means it's really cold. That just sort of got me thinking about it's really, really cold and uncomfortable, but you have to zip up your pockets and sort of bear it. And I thought, what could that turn into in terms of a song? And it just sort of opened up a lot of images. This song is filled with a lot of images, but it's not necessarily sort of a narrative you can follow. I think, Clint, you referred to it once as our Twin Peaks song. It's just a very eerie setting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the pantry there's a medicine-filled donut It was what I came to see I was living in a made-for-memory moment It was stale as it could be I made money in my 20s in the city It was fun till it was gross Everything is everywhere at every moment Fills you up until you choke Vertical points of scorn and adulation Always look the same Lower the inputs and plan your visitation or zip up your pockets and get in line Either way you'll be broken in Either way you'll be folded tight Every day you'll be there in ten So see you when you arrive Past the guest house there's a clearing in a circle You can walk it in an hour There's a stretch where no one knows whatever happens There's a hill with a cell tower Calluses break and peel when it gets colder Sun and moisture fade I'll be around here still kicking slightly older So zip up your pockets and get in line
I write music for my own stuff. I contribute to other projects. John and Clint have been warmly welcoming to Tim and me to sort of like add to the pile of Legos that they bring to the party. Before this all began, I tried to write every day. Even if it was just a little bit every day, I figured that's just how you do it. It's a craft. This isn't magic. Da, 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 da. There is a magic to it if you're prepared for it. But a little bit into it, when I kind of started to realize this was going to be a long time, started to realize it was going to be a minute before we could even figure out how we could do this. I was like, okay, I'm going to write every day. If, if it's 15 minutes or if it's an hour, I'm going to block out the thing. My wife's a poet, um, and she is the most disciplined person I know. She has a book that just came out, and she writes every day. It's, it's almost like Major League Baseball pitchers on the rotation. They do the same thing every day. And, okay, I'm going to try to do this. And I hate the reasoning that led it to it, but I'm glad that I was able to find it because it's been, um, I've learned a little bit more about how to put words together, and, hmm. and I'm really grateful for that. And these guys set a hard, all three of them, Tim's a killer songwriter, and they, they set a high bar to meet each up to. So that's what uh, I think all of us are trying to, to do what we can and start to see the back end of this and play shows and put out records. Yeah. And we just had a single that came out last week, which I'm super proud of. So. Yeah. Which yeah. is actually the first song that we worked up together that hadn't already been recorded. Yesterday I walked outside Silver disc across the sky Flashed a while, didn't pass me by Left a scar in my right eye I won't say nothing about what I've seen If the seen it twice Time hasn't passed till it's winter's your And I'm holding up a match to your frozen promise Holding up a match to your frozen promise I've been here once and now I'm back again
I'd like to thank Letters of Acceptance for being with us this evening. We thank, too, our volunteers and staff for their help in making our production happen each week. And a very special thanks out to all of you listening to our webcast, watching us on YouTube and Twitch, and those listening to us on the Red Barn network of stations all around the world. Red Barn Radio comes to you from our home, the Arts Place Performance Hall in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and our program. We're on the web at redbarnradio.com. And now once again, please welcome back Letters of Acceptance to the Red Barn stage. Sand. But on this night he sees an opening 
Plays a band called Separate Ways. Every hour that I spend here just delays. But oh, how I try. In my life, I've got a painfully predictable timeline. It makes my eyelids shine. Colors nobody finds. He is a modern so much. Thank, thank you, you to Red Barn you. Radio for having us. Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at weku.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the financial support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's premier cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. 
LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. The music for this episode was mixed by Adam Schettinger. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of the Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. More at wookoutamerica.com. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. The best music from the roots of the South and sharing this music with the world. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Kathy Stamps. Red Barn Radio is a production of Red Barn Radio, LLC.